Thank you for tuning in to Detail Memoirs. This episode is brought to you by Rotafest and Zenware. Rotafest is the most powerful mobile invoicing software designed for auto detailers and recon professionals on the market today. More than just a mobile invoicing app, it gives you a complete suite of tools to manage your business. Yes, it has a mobile app designed for the iPhone and Android to decode the VIN and create an invoice in the field. But it also includes integration with QuickBooks, customer management tools, text and email reminders, reports, and now inventory management is included in this powerful suite of tools. Learn more about Rotafest at rotafest.com. Welcome to another episode of RotaFest Detail Memoirs, where we explore the movers, the shakers, the people that are having an impact, and we're just having fun telling their story or learning their story. I'm Jody. And I'm Rod Pusey, and every week, Detail Memoirs is sponsored by RotaFest, the software that drives your business. And we are super excited. I've actually been like chomping at the bit to get Renee Douglas. Uh, otherwise known as the buffing queen on Rotafest Detail Memoirs. Good morning. We're super, super excited to have you. Thank you for having me on. I'm very excited. Yeah, I actually, I have several reasons I'm excited about having you on here. Uh, one, I have a daughter named Renee, which is not very common. Really? So No, it's not a common name at all. Yeah, and then I have uh, three daughters and uh, one of my Younger daughters, I have a video that I've got probably more views than anything I've ever done of, of her restoring some headlights on a three-quarter ton truck, which nice. is pretty awesome. So that is awesome. I love hearing yeah. that. <laughs> well, and I, I think that's one of the fun things about your Instagram is your daughter is a big part of your world. Oh yes. I love her so much. I literally actually did this all kind of for her just to I can't I tried the stay-at-home mom thing and it just wasn't for me and I had to work and she had to go have fun with her friends so we I just opened my business I want to say now I'm in year three so we're awesome. uh, yep it's very exciting and she's definitely one of my biggest biggest motivations so how did you get into detailing? I mean, you're going from, I, I'm trying to be an at-home mom, but this is driving me crazy. I need to do something. I need to build something. How did you get into detailing? Um, well, it was like six or seven years ago now. I started working at an auto body shop and they practically just gave me a rotary buffer and said, you know, we want you to buff this and detail these cars and everything. And I was like, okay, I guess I'm going for it. And then um, I did some classes here and there and they had some people come in and show me how to buff, but I kind of just had to learn it on my own and I fell in love with it. Like I was so into cleaning every single little bit of this car and that, and I just went from there. But um, where I was working, I didn't enjoy working there towards the end of it. So I left and then I ended up having my daughter and two years after she was born, I opened my own business and now I have the Buffing Queen. 
Awesome. So, so we were right before we got on, I was talking because I saw one of your posts and you're polishing the uh, fuel tank yeah. on uh, a big uh, 18 wheeler, which is again, another thing that we have connected is I have a, a father that was a truck driver his entire life, uh, yeah. all the way up till he was about 73 years old. He was still wow. packing awesome. 100 pound ropes and doing stuff. And so as soon as I saw that, I was like, I know exactly what that is. And that is not <clears throat> a kind environment because generally those are a mess and they have a big strap down the sides you have two straps down the side so you've yep. got you got something that's going to grab the side of the polisher so yep. did you did you learn how to uh go into what raw aluminum or was that something that you trained yourself or um so I want to say uh about over a year ago I was working for this company and they really wanted me to shine up their metal and it was kind of something I really wanted to get into because starting on Instagram um like a year before that I would say I kept looking at people's big rigs and you know the paint wouldn't be shiny but the metal was super shiny and I was working on paint so I was like why can't I work on paint and metal at the same time. So I bought a kit off of Zephyr Polishing. I don't know yep. if you guys know that company. Yep. And um, just tried to practice from there. And then actually a couple of people from Zephyr reached out to me and they're like, you should try this training and go to this training in California. They'll be able to teach you everything. And let me tell you that training changed my ways for metal polishing. I went there and just the little things that they showed me or them showing me this and them showing me that, it changed. I came back and 180'd everything. I wasn't using the same products. I, and now I've been using those products and just improving my skills from there. And sure. I love it so much. I can't even yeah. explain. Well, and that's a completely different environment. I mean, <clears throat> a lot of times people, you know, they'll show a, a nice new car that, you know, they took a, a blueberry and, and one step compound and they polished, you know, a, a newer car and they look great. I mean, I'm not knocking anybody that does that for a living at all, by no means. But when you compare that to some nasty raw aluminum that's been driving down the freeway or, you know, Jody and I had never really B29. done any of that. Yeah, we got thrown into a B-29 at, at uh, the Museum of Flight. And yeah, I heard all about that. That is crazy. When you start polishing on on raw metal because it has completely different qualities and you know the sun hits it and all of a sudden you think man I am so awesome and then the sun hits it and you go man I suck so bad because it's got yeah. these blotches and spots and the next morning it's all off gas and it looks totally different and it's it is an unbelievable uh, environment to polish and so I, I absolutely I, I respect anybody that even attempts to polish well, I I've got a, yeah so so I what is your if I rolled into your shop what is your like go-to thing? Something that somebody comes to you day in and day out, your, your kind of go-to service? Um, honestly, it's either, I've been doing a lot of ceramic coatings lately and a lot of metal polishing when it comes to like the big rigs and stuff like that. So like on one week, I'll have set a whole week just to do metal polishing. And then on another week, I'll set aside doing uh, ceramic coatings and maybe throw in a detail in between here and there. But it just changes throughout the week. I have not really a specific, it, it's so variety. I can't even explain to you how different it is. 
Well, one of the things that you were, <clears throat> you and I were talking about, you know, before we went live was you've had to adapt kind of some of your techniques, some bright work because of your size. Yes. Um, most of polishers actually use like big grinders that are like one speed. I think they go up to 6,000 RPMs. And I have used one before, but I am a tiny person and I have small arms and I can't hold something that big going that fast, like consistently. So what I have found is that I actually, when it comes to the bright work and the metal polishing, I'll sand more. I'll sand like a grit higher than I'm supposed to, or, and then I just have to use my variable speed buffer and I don't have to struggle the whole time to get it to shine because it's going to cut harder. It's going to cut faster, but it may take me a little bit longer to sand, but it realistically isn't taking me that much longer because I know how much work it's going to take for me to use a grinder. It's a lot more work for me. So that's yeah, I think that's an important to. Yeah, I think that's a real important thing because I think a lot of times we get into any aspect of business and we mm -hmm. think it should be a certain way and we try to force it. And we don't recognize our own strengths, our own limitations and go, you know, I need to adapt. I need to adjust so that I can be successful. And I love that you found a way to make it effective for you, but it's also enjoyable for you. Because if you look at your Instagram feed, you do a lot of bright work. Oh, yes. This past year, um, I've definitely... Every phone call I get for bright work, oh, I saw so-and-so's truck. So it's all like word of mouth. I'm around a lot of truckers around here. And um, I, I feel like my, my aluminum is finally like showing what, how much work I've put into like myself to improve in this. Yeah. So, so tell us where you're located. Um, I'm, I'm located in Groton, Mass, uh, okay. Massachusetts. So it's about an hour out of Boston and I'm probably 20 minutes from New Hampshire. So it's like a northern central okay. map. So you guys went in the in the winter time, which mm -hmm. you guys have winter. Um, yeah. <laughs> occasionally we talk to people that don't have winter and they don't understand. But do they salt the roads or do they put chemicals on the roads or anything like that? Oh yeah, salt everything. So it's a lot uh -huh. more worse out here yeah. than it is in like California. Yep. So you're dealing with a lot of corrosive materials as well on some of the, yeah. So because of that also is the reason why I figured out sanding was easier for me to do than using a big grinder because the corrosive roads beat up that aluminum so much more than you would think. And mm. I'll end up having to sand anyway. But if I just sand that one more grit, I don't have to use this heavy grinder and I can still do what I do. I've, I've had people reach out to me and be like, you're not using a grinder. What is, why are you not using one? And I'm like, well, I figured out a way to use it. I mean, my work, I'm showing you in the sun, I'm showing you in the shade, like there's no denying it. Yeah. Well, and I think that's, uh, the thing is, is <clears throat> the old adage of there's more than one way to skin a cat. Um, <clears throat> there's multiple products, there's multiple polishers, there's multiple grinders and techniques that people will use. And what works for one person doesn't necessarily work for everybody. And, mm -hmm. um, you know, even, even the difference between the materials that some manufacturers use, you know, I, I uh, a couple of years ago, I was asking some people about uh, polishing uh, powder coating. And I got so many varied responses 
to it that at the end of the day i was in the same boat as i was when i asked the question one person's like oh no i never touch it another person's like absolutely treat it just like paint don't ever sand it sand it all the time and finally i was just like oh, heck with all this i'm just doing it so i mean i i use the same technique as i did with paint i used you know a couple different grits of sandpaper then a wool pad mm -hmm. i tested some spots on um with with a microfiber and i found the technique that worked for me with mm -hmm. the with the equipment that i have and that's i think a lot of times <clears throat> you can't necessarily do that on a customer's car uh, unless you've got a spot that doesn't show now on a big rig you could do it on some parts of the frame or some parts of the tank that aren't going to be seen as much up underneath or something but that's what you have to do is or or the the ever popular go to a junkyard and get a piece of material out of there and just tear the heck out of it that I love that you just said that because I tell people that want to start corrections to literally go to a junkyard. They will like give you a hood or it will be super cheap. Like just go there and get it. I went to Jen's. I know you guys know Jen Turcott. And oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. She, I went to her training. I want to say it was February of last year. And there was a kid there and he said, you know, that I really wanted to start corrections. So I went to the junkyard and I got a hood and a door and me and her looked at each other like, thank you. Like that is all you like, literally, that is the best thing you could do for yourself is practice on your own or on a hood that you can just junk if you want to junk it and burn through it to see what it's like when you burn through something. <clears throat> Yeah, and I've done that before I bought a um, I saw a lot of people talking about these denim pads and and you know don't ever use them use them all the time they'll take out orange peel they'll burn through the paint also so I ordered one they were cheap I mean what's 12 bucks right so I, I bought one and I specifically wanted to see how fast I could burn through paint with this thing and it burns pretty fast but but <clears throat> the thing is they have a place somewhere you know, some paint is going to be able to use that and it might work old lacquer or something that's really thick. Um, but again, you have to you have to practice. Jody and I met a, a young guy in Las Vegas that had owned a polisher for what do you think? What did he say? Like a year? Yeah, about and a he year. Never turned it on. And he was doing details and he had never turned. it. He's like, I'm so scared to do it. And we told him the same thing. We're like, go to a junkyard, junkyard. get a hood, specifically see how much pressure you have to put on that thing to burn through the paint. And, and then don't do that. <laughs> I went through, um, Jody and I got an opportunity to go through um, Jason Kilmer, yeah. uh, the Sandman, his training, and yeah. it completely changed how I sand. Mm -hmm. And I, at that point in time, and I've been doing cars for a long time. I mean, since the 80s, I've been doing restorations and some paint work. I do a lot more paint work now than I did. And um, I don't know how I didn't sand through all the way through the metal for the first 20 years of my life because that guy I'm like you're you're not sanding you're 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 using your fingertip I'm like when are you going to sand you know when are you going to like get in there and and nope and that it's completely changed how I do it yeah so. that's like that's like what I said when I went to the Zephyr training I had an idea of what to do but just going there and I had like five or six professionals that everybody knows like who they are. And um, it's just, they changed my ways, like just little tidbits just helped me so much. And I was like, if I never went to that, I don't think I'd be where I am right now. It's, it's amazing what a little training can do for you. And I, I also know you're a big fan of IGL. Yep. 
Yep, that's the ceramic coatings that I mostly use. So yes, I love IGL. They're super easy to use. And like we were talking about, everyone that is in IGL, it's like a family. Yeah. Yeah, that is that definitely you- true. And and they're super open about it too. I mean, we've we've, you know, we've been in the industry for a long time on the outside, obviously selling software programs. We but we're a little weird that we actually do a lot of work too. And so um the first time we met those guys, all of them, Joel and Jennifer and Nathan Warren and all those guys, they just like, they're, you're part of the team, man. It's, it's awesome. And so that's, I love those kind of companies, any company that is, you know, open arms and brings people in. Um, I don't understand some of the companies that are real standoffish and you're like, how do you expect to continue to do business if you don't let new people in or, you know, the competition that is between each companies it's amazing to me how like when I first started using IGL I did have a couple people be like have you tried other this have you tried that and I'm like well yeah like I've tried other stuff but I I have not had any complaints with IGL like I literally a lot of their product pretty much 90% of the time I'm using their products sometimes I'll use other people's products but that's just because you can't use the same products on every single car. Sometimes right, you gotta right. switch it up a little bit. Yeah, no, that's good. So, so you've been, I mean, how many years in business and, and what have been like your real key things that have enabled you to get the success? I mean, you got 10,000 followers on Instagram. I mean, I mean, that is, new. That is like recent. I just noticed that I did. I'm like, wow, it is amazing. I've only, been in my business now I'm in year three so technically it's only been like two years of business but um I definitely like we're talking about I think people need to go to trainings like I think people need to learn from other people professionals get a mentor that you can go to that will help you with everything Jen is obviously my mentor I think everyone can see that and she is my best friend too like we've grown into a really great friendship but those are like two things I tell everybody, like go to trainings, travel, do these things. I know you got to invest in yourself to build yourself. If yeah. you're not going to willing to spend some money on yourself to improve your skills, then honestly, I don't think <laughs> you're going to improve as much as other people. Right. And, and I mean, roughly, you know, what, when you went to the, the training for polishing metal, what did that cost? I mean, roughly. Oh, it was like $500, but then I had to pay right. for hotel and my plane sure. and stuff. Right. But yeah. normally yeah. it is thousands of dollars to go to training. So in the end, it's about the same as going to a normal correction training and stuff. Right. But my, my, and the reason I asked that is that's a small investment. I oh mean, yeah. That, that is a tiny investment for what you're going to get out of it. And especially if you get a line of business coming in and out. Mm-hmm. And if you're in a community that has a lot of uh, commerce and a lot of truckers, you're going to get you know, word of mouth with those guys is just, they're just going to go, go talk to Renee and they're, everybody's going to go there. They're not even going to, that is the best advertising you can get. I see a lot of people in all the forums, you know, saying, uh, how do you get, how do you get new customers? How do you get people to do word of mouth? You do a good job. Yeah. Well, I have to definitely say uh, like 85% of my work is word of mouth. Now everyone calls me, Oh, I saw this, or I heard about you, or I did this. Like, I have no time to advertise. I'm so booked out that it's like, I would never 
advertised saying, oh, I want to do your truck, but I can't do it until September. Like, that doesn't make sense. No. <laughs> that, that's a good problem to have. So. Well, it is a very good problem, but trying to let down these customers and be like, I'm so sorry, I cannot get you in for a couple months. And they're like, either I can, uh, but I always make sure I refer them to somebody that I trust that I know will either help them or they're going to refer them to somebody else. Like I don't like to leave my customers hanging if I can't help them. So are you going to, I mean, that's a good problem to have, right? And so mm -hmm. that leads me to the question, do you want to stay a one woman shop and train your daughter to take over? Or are you going to try to scale and there's different ways to scale, right? You, you may be comfortable being a one woman shop, but do you plan on bringing on minions to help you grow to a different I, level? I always have people reach out to me and say, if you want anybody to help and this and that, <laughs> but like right now I'm very content with my schedule. Like I work, I'm literally working around my daughter's schedule realistically. So when I get up, I'm getting her ready and either babysitter or daycare, and then I'm off to work and then I'm off to go get her and then I'm making dinner and then she's going to bed. Like it literally revolves around her right now. So just having me be able to make my own schedule. And like, when I say I'm booked out, I'm a one woman show. So like realistically, if I had other minions or other people, I don't like calling them minions. Sorry. Sorry. That's my play. <laughs> If I had other people with me, I would probably be closer in dates, but I am booking it to the point where I can do it myself. If I have help, that's great, but I'm doing it for myself. So. Yeah. Well, and I think that brings on other dynamics. I know a lot of people that are um, very concerned with quality. And if you can't bring on people, yeah, if you can't bring on people that do it to your specifications mm -hmm. then that that brings in another dynamic but that's you know that's just I'm, part of business i'm very i find myself being very particular about uh like if i was to bring somebody on i feel like i would be watching them the whole time or continuously making sure they're doing okay and i feel like that'll like drag me down personally like myself so like me knowing like I can do the paint, I can do the ceramic, I can do the metal. And if these people can take my time and I can do it, then that's great. If not, like I said, I recommend them to other people. Oh, that's awesome. Mm -hmm. Well, I, I, I'm just, I, I can't tell you how inspired I am by you. I mean, you and Jennifer Turcott, this, I mean, the last six months, you two are probably the most, and, and Marcy Tran, I mean, the, the three women, I mean, just, you guys have just really just sparked an interest in me it, yeah. from the impact that you guys are having on the, I mean, yeah, you're in your little world, but mm -hmm. it's rippling across the industry. And that's, what's exciting to me is mm -hmm. seeing that you guys are not only craftswomen, but you're, you're really artists. Mm -hmm. and you're you really have your skills down and it shows mm -hmm. it's like I, you're not bragging you're just saying this is what i did and yep. it's like you said you can't argue with my bright work technique it's different but man yeah. if you can't argue with what you're seeing no right. it's actually it's easy to hide bright work like if you do a bad but if somebody ever saw on the road there's no hiding it so if I was really doing a bad job. These customers would not be calling me and being like, oh, I saw so-and-so's truck or I heard from you from this person, that person. And most of these people are 
are calling me back to have another truck done, another truck done. So it is what it is. Yeah. <laughs> yep, that's awesome. That's and good. I think part of it, I mean, honestly, I, I, I think part of when we were talking to Jennifer, it was the same way. It was like, uh, there's such a different dynamic than most of the, I won't say most of, but a lot of the very cocky um, males that are doing certain types of detailing. And there's a whole lot of, you know, Rennie Doyle calls it peacocking, right? He just, man, they just all pumped up and look at me, look at me, look at me. And, and I think it's great. It's really, it's really hard not to feel like a superhero when you take something that looks horrible and you put some time and effort into it and it looks great. I mean, that's hard. You, you, you personally want somebody else to see it. I mean, it's like, look at what I did. This was a, this was a mess. And yes. it, look at how awesome it is. Um, but there's a difference between look at how awesome this looks and look at how awesome I am. And I think that's what I see differently with you and the stuff that you post. And the same with Jen and some of the, it's a lot of people. I'm not, I'm not trying to pick on the industry, but I think that's, that's one of the things that would draw people to you is because it's not a, you know, look at how great I am. It's look at how good this paint looks or look at how good this tank looks. And, and, and you, like you said, you love doing that. You love making it look good. And that's, I think that's the, that's the difference. That's the passion that somebody that really does like making it look good has. Yeah. I have this, like, I like to be super humble with my customers and I like to be just so genuine with them. And they, that's another thing. I've had customers say exactly what you said, like that I don't go in there and I'm not cocky or anything. I always go in, I don't even give them the expectation that I'm going to do an amazing job. I'm just saying my price, I'm very professional about it and I go in and I do what I have to do and if I feel like it's not at the best or if they want it better I have them look at it prior to it or while I'm doing it and be like this is what it's going to look like if you want me to do more I can make it look better blah 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 like I I like to keep my customers informed and just be like that yeah and that's expectations I think that's the most important thing is what are the expectations that they have coming into it? And do they meet what you're going to give them going out of it? I mean, I've seen a lot of people that, you know, they come in and they've got, they've hit a, a metal pole at the gas station and they think that that's just going to buff out. And, you know, a lot of times you have to set those expectations. Like I can get the paint transfer off, but the dent's not coming out. I mean, you know, or it's down to the, it's down to the primer and your, your paint touch up. So. Yep. So, man, I, I just really appreciate you taking the time to, to yeah. visit with us. And, no problem. And, and kind of wrap up, is there any one or two things that you, I mean, you hit on it earlier, training and, yep. you know, just surround. Is there any other last little tidbit you think that's really, really important? And then, of course, we want to find out how people can get in touch with you. So, um, okay, I am going to say this to how am I going to say this? Um, I want everyone like on Facebook and Instagram that show their work and everything to know that that is just like showing off your work. Um, it's not, don't ever let anybody say like you're doing it wrong or you're not doing it right or anything. Always do it. What's going to make it more comfortable for you and what's easier for you. Don't listen to anybody's 
opinions. If they're saying something, they're wasting their, literally their day. They're obviously not working if they're wasting their time hurting you. So I just hope like even girl, mostly girls in this industry, like don't think you can't do it. If I, if I'm small, I'm like five, six. Yes, I'm a little average, but like I'm small. If I can do this buffing on big rigs, then literally anybody can. So I hope that that helps people know <clears throat> you can do paint and metal and you can do it all on big rigs or even excavators or whatever you want. I, I love that. I, I mean, I just love the directness of that. It's like, don't listen to anybody else no. other than your trusted coach. Remember, those people online are not paying your bills. Your customers are paying your bills. So you need to make your customers happy. If what you're posting made your customers happy, then that's all you should care about. Home yep. run. Yep. And the, uh, the one that I'm going to add in there is don't argue with people online. Your customers see that. I see so many people shooting themselves in the foot. And I don't care. I really don't care what side of any issue you are on. I don't care if it's which polisher is best, which product is best. If you're not speaking positively about something, you are pissing off 50% of your customers right exactly. off the bat. It doesn't matter. Because even if they see you arguing about a product and you're bashing somebody else's product they see you being negative online just be positive if you yep. love a certain polisher if you love a certain product be positive about that product and don't let your customer see you trashing on something else i just yep. uh, man i wish people would just take that into account because it doesn't matter what you're bashing you're just being a negative force on the internet which is not good for anybody yeah, they'll never remember what you're arguing about, but they'll remember your yeah. attitude and how you were to people and stuff. So, yep, exactly. so I like to try to be as positive and happy as possible. And if they're not, I block them or I delete them or I'm done. Yeah. Like it's fine. Yep. I love it. That's why you have 10,000 followers and not yeah. 10. <laughs> so how, how do people, how do people find you? Um, you can find me on Instagram at the Buffin Queen with no G um, and, and the Buffin part. And then I'm on Facebook, but I'm really not on Facebook too, too much. Um, and that's about it. That's all you can find me. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. And, and I think that's an important lesson too. You don't have a website. You just have an Instagram and Facebook and you're doing great business. Yeah. And I have right. business cards, but that's about it. I mean, everyone has business cards. I hope so. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, Renee, thank you so much for joining us. I appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me on. Um, I love telling my story and I hope that people will, you know, have a lit under their ass now that they've heard all this. I love That's it. Well, perfect. thank you so much. And everybody that joined us, Go get your ass lit on fire. And That's right. See you later. Go do something great. <laughs> All right. Bye, guys. Thank, Thank you, you so much. Have a great day. You too. Bye. All right. Bye-bye.